All right, good morning. Welcome to worship. I'm glad you're here with us this day. Hello, Linda. No, you're good. <clears throat> if you would grab your bulletins and open them up, a few announcements as we get started. There's a tear-off portion on the back, uh, the blue section. If you're a guest, please fill that out. Put it in the offering plate as it goes by. We'll follow up with you about anything you might need to know about Mechanicsville. At least Mechanicsville Baptist. I don't know about all of Mechanicsville. I can, I can speak for our church. And then on the other side, the yellow page, there's a place for prayer requests at the bottom. Put that in there, and we'll pray in our staff time for you. Any needs you may have. On the back are opportunities for the week. Several announcements. I'll try to be as quick, and, and uh, I'll save you for last. Is that good, Sandra? Bring it in, bring it in strong at the end. Um, today, we have... Uh, encounter right here at five o'clock, youth at six, and then there is a Summer Sounds men's group free concert at Northside Baptist Church. Two of our men are singing in that, and you're welcome to go and uh, take part in that and enjoy that concert, uh, seven o'clock at Northside. And then this week, the youth are continuing our missions week. We thank you for all your prayers and support for that. And then um, Wednesday night on the uh, bulletin, it didn't make it in here. 6.30 is our children's meeting. So we're having a children's meeting at 6.30 right here in Sanctuary. For anybody who wants to uh, be informed and to help out with our children's ministry that we're starting off in September. So Awanas, RAGAs, Mission Friends, Choirs, all that stuff, please come out. We're going to talk about that and see what God has in store for the fall. And all the help we can get would be more than wonderful. Continue our momentum from Bible school. So that is 6.30 Wednesday. Write that down in there. It's not in the bulletin, but it's, it is on 6.30 this Wednesday. And then um, next Sunday is a special Sunday. I guess every Sunday is a special Sunday, but next Sunday is a little bit different. As we've been going through our month of prayer, uh, we have, we're starting community and fellowship this week as far as your prayer guides. And so as we're doing that, one of the things we're doing is to end our week of community and fellowship was we're going to have a one uh, Sunday school opportunity for everyone over in the Family Life Center at 945. So we're going to have all the adult Sunday school classes and all the youth on up with the adult Sunday school classes meet in the FLC. We're gonna have one Sunday school to talk and to share and to see what God has for us as one body. And then we're gonna have one service back over here in the sanctuary. So the service will be over here at 11 o'clock. So 9.45, every Sunday school class will be together in the uh, Family Life Center. And then at 11 o'clock, we will have a service here. And then beforehand, if you can come a little bit earlier, we're going to have a fellowship time, a little time of food and fellowship beforehand. What time does that start, Mike? 9.15? Okay. Sunday school starts right at 9.45, so come about 9.15, enjoy some fellowship and, and all before we have our one Sunday school. So we're looking forward to that and continue to pray each day uh, for our church and what God has for us. Did I forget anything besides Sandra? I know her. I won't forget her. All right, I think that's it. Come on up, Sandra. Good morning. Um, you know, if I was sitting on the front row, that's a dead giveaway that I have an announcement. I'm not singing with the lovely ladies today. I'll move to the back. But anyway, I'm here um, to 
tell you more about Christmas in August. Um, you might have seen the box in the back right there between the two bathrooms by the little Christmas tree. Um, and then I didn't have the other box last week, but there's also a box now in the Family Life Center, right when you walk in. <clears throat> so in the name of our missionary, you've, if you saw everything in the touchstone, the name is Rajan Shahi. I hope I pronounced it right. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but that doesn't matter. Um, but they need school supplies, and you'll see the list, but they uh, work with the Nepali community in New York City. And the immigrant parents can't bear the, can't bear the burden of school demands, so they, um, as a church, want to help provide those that are needed by their children. When we're thinking about school supplies, uh, some of you that might be close to my age, um, I didn't have kindergarten when I went to school. But I remember when I started first grade, and some of you might remember this too, the smell of those big crowns, the great big chunky crowns. And always, that was a neat smell, and it was exciting, and we had the big pencils. But whatever kind of crowns you get um, with these other school supplies will be fine, because they need everything. Uh, but the focus that was in the... Uh, WMU um, planning guide for this, it brings up a good point while we're thinking about um, the Christmas list. It's anticipating Christmas in August. Do you remember the anticipation you felt as a child on the days leading up to Christmas? You tried to be good by being nice to others. You tried not to fight with your brother and sister. You kept looking at the tree in your living room and wondered what package would be under the tree on Christmas Day. You wrote your list way before Christmas and now waited to see if the things on your list would show up under the tree. I wonder if the missionaries for Christmas in August have the same kind of anticipation. Throughout August, do they wonder if they will get things on the list? It was a while back when they wrote their list of items needed for their ministry. Do they wonder what items will show up in their Christmas and August boxes? So we have this opportunity, and y'all are very generous every year. We've gotten a good start, um, but in past years we've had like three big boxes to mail because of y'all's generosity, and we appreciate it. And as a matter of fact, next Sunday during the 11 o'clock worship, the preschoolers, the mission friends, are having their Christmas and August party. And it's a great way to show um, Jesus' love with others and teach them about that. And your encouragement to the missionaries enables them to reach out in Jesus' name. That's a great thing to anticipate. Also in the um, writing, it reminded us why we give. And I have some little peppermint candies back there on the table right as you go outside the door. Um, the red and white striped candy. And some of the things that the, uh, the different Christmas and and August missionaries who are in our own continent. Um, the red stripe reminds us of the blood Jesus shed. The white stripe reminds us of the forgiveness he provides to wash away our sins. We have heard about this beautiful gift of grace, but many in our own continent have not. So when you go out, I hope you'll grab a piece of candy and as you pray for this missionary. And just one other quick announcement. Um, Sandra Blackburn, the um, the women on mission are meeting this Tuesday, uh, their usual time in the John Bryant room. And I won't 
give it away, but y'all are going to do um, some kind of special thing uh, this Tuesday when you meet. And uh, if you haven't ever been before, ladies, I hope you'll come and, and bring a friend. So thank you. Good morning. If you're glad that you're in the house of the Lord, I want to hear a big, great amen. amen. Oh, that's pretty good. A few things. Grab your bulletins really quick before we have our call to worship. I want you to look. We're doing two hymns. Look at 453 and 502. I want you to stick your bulletins in 502. We'll sing the first two verses of one and two verses of the other, and Leslie will be up here to lead you. And then for hymn number 85, there will be a group of lovely ladies, as Sandra called them, to lead you in that song the first time. They will sing it once for you by themselves because I don't know how familiar it is for you. So I want you, this might be a new hymn, but you, I want to have it, you can't praise God if you don't know the tune. So they're going to give you the tune first, and then I'll have you stand, or I don't know what Leslie will do. You have to watch her. So I just want to give you those few tips so as we begin our worship service, we can truly enjoy the worship and praise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you know what comes next, right? Okay, and you know the song, How Great Is Our God. If you need your books, it's on page five, and if not, you know what comes next, and just stand up and have at it. Go. Say good morning. Say I love you. Say praise God. God.
Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Be strong and courageous, for you'll give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law with Moses, my servants have commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Let us pray. Father God, we pray that we as your people today, as we look at the story uh, of Gideon and uh, what victory you had through the few, we pray that we would be likewise today, that we would be strong, that we would be courageous, and that we would do exactly what you have us to do. God, we pray that we would not be a people who stray from your word or stray from your truth, and that we look and we fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray for this service. We pray that your spirit would dwell here. We pray that you would be glorified and that everything we say, everything we do would bring you honor and would bring you praise. So we give this to you this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. How great is our God that we can lean on him and we can trust in him. Amen? Amen. So hopefully you have your hymnals ready. We're going to sing hymn 453, the first two verses, then slide right on over to 502, those first two verses. Please stand.
you would turn in your hymnals to page 852, responsive reading number six on page 852, Joyful Shouts of Praise. I will read the lighter portion, Worship Leader, and you'll together read Worshipers. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God. His acts toward mankind are awe-inspiring. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Happy are the people who know the joyful shout. Lord, they walk in the light of your presence. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. Come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout triumphantly to him in song. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. sing it two times through. with 
ready for our offertory prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we feel the spirit that you have here upon this place. And with that spirit overlooking and guiding us, we come to our offertory time this morning. And as you have taught us to give and to tithe, may you give the blessing to the gift and the giver. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we pray? 
eternal God, Father and creator of every good and every perfect gift, we bow in your presence on this morning that you've given to us, asking you to draw near to us, seeking to hear a word from you as we sing praises to your name, as we give, and as we listen to your word. How grateful we are, Father, for this place to gather in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how grateful we are for the privilege of praying for those who are in need. We pray for those, Father, who are hospitalized, for those who are in the rehab facilities, for those who are near and dear to our hearts. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. For those who have lost loved ones, Father, we give them to you and pray that your hand would be upon them. Comfort as only you can comfort. We're grateful, Father, that as we emphasize prayer during this month, that we have themes to pray around. So we pray, Father, for our fellowship and for our community of faith and for our community called Mechanicsville. May, Father, missionary work start in our lives in this place as we minister in the name of Jesus to a community in need. We're grateful, Father, for the work of our missionaries, for the dedication to service in their lives, for the fact, Father, that they are willing to go And to tell. Sometimes against what may seem to be insurmountable odds. But Father, as our story shows us this morning, nothing is impossible with you. We pray, Father, for our nation and for our leaders. We pray that you would guide them and lead them. For those who serve us in the military, we are grateful, Father, for their willingness to go and to protect. We pray for them as well as their families, as the strain sometimes can be overwhelming. Bless us, Father, as we open your word. May it speak to our hearts and challenge us to be more like our Lord and Savior. In whose name we pray. Amen. We pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity, 
We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while you hear each spoken need, yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. And we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. Without your goodness, without your love, as if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know pain reminds this heart, this is not, this is not our home. It's not our Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is a revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights, are your mercies in disguise? Our scripture lesson this morning is found in Judges chapter 7. Familiar story, as I said in the first service this morning, to those who have come to Sunday school as children. Uh, we also have heard this story through the years if we have been part of a community of faith. And it speaks to us today as we read in Judges chapter 7 verses 1 through 23. 
Then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those three hundred men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Malachites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley, as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come there, was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have a dream, I've had a dream, to my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the three hundred men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. 
When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companions throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Bethachaia toward Zerah and as far as the border of Abel, Meholah by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Nepali, Asher and, the Manasseh, and all Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. The more the better. Here's an expression I've heard many times as well as you have heard in your life. And quite often, it is true. If you can get more ears of corn for the same price at a particular grocery store or double coupons on a particular day, that's usually a good thing, isn't it? But there are times when more may not be better. Making more money is not always a good thing. Look and attest to what others who have won the lottery, how their lives were turned upside down. Not all the time making more money is a good thing, nor is having more people attend church. If these gains come at the expense of more important matters. If more people attend our church because the gospel is watered down and sin isn't mentioned and neither is grace, then more is less. We are sometimes too inclined to think that more is necessary, needed to do the work of God. If we had more money in the missions budget, then we could save more souls and send more missionaries. If we only had more people praying, our sister with cancer would not have died. Such statements will need to be rethought in the light of our text. For I believe it clearly teaches that in God's work, Less, maybe more. For seven long years, Israel was troubled by the Midianites who came to destroy the increase of the fields. We read in Judges 6, 6, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. So afraid and so impoverished were they that they lived in dens and caves and strongholds. They were paralyzed by fear. Why this trouble for seven years? We read in verse 1 of chapter 6, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them in the hands of the Midianites for seven years. In their anguish, the Israelites cried to the Lord, and He heard their cry. That's not unfamiliar for us to know that when the Lord hears our cry, He comes to deliver. We know that He heard the cry of His people in captivity in Egypt. And He came to deliver them. And just as He delivered them them, them then in a way that they did not expect, so we see very clearly in this passage of Scripture, they are delivered yet by God in another way. It's not so unusual for us to see how God can use the few to do great things. He used one boy, a slingshot, and some stones to destroy a Philistine giant, didn't he? He took 12 disciples and taught them for a season and then sent them on their way as we read in the book of Acts and the message of the gospel Flourished throughout the then known world. Gideon was called to lead Israel out of their pitiful plight. Hiding in caves and dens. Not doing what God had called them to do. He issued a call for men. And 32,000 
responded. God told Gideon that 32,000 were too many because Israel would take credit themselves for the victory and leave God out. All of the fearful in the army were told to return home and 22,000 turned back. The Lord said 10,000 were too many to fight the army of the Midianites, which numbered 120,000, as we read in chapter 8, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people yet are too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them for you there. The sifting of the Lord took place, and only 300 were left of the 10,000. Think of it. A band of 300 men was left to fight 120,000. It seems impossible. But with God, we know that all things are possible. The selection or rejection of the soldiers was based not upon physique or experience or age or military prowess, but upon the way they drank water. Some of the soldiers lapped the water with their tongues as a dog laps. I'm familiar with that sound. Every morning... When the dogs get me up at 5.30, 4.30, whatever time they decide to get up, they go down the steps and they're looking for water. And I will fill the bowl and stand there in the dark and listen to them lap. And then we go outside. So we know what is being discussed here. We know what the Lord was asking Gideon to do and to show. The selection or rejection came as a result of how they drank water. Others kneeled down to drink the water. The divine test appears to indicate that the former had an alertness and preparedness which the latter lacked. With the men who cupped their hands to drink, some 300 strong, Yahweh pledged that he would deliver Israel. These were provided with jars and trumpets and candles, if you will, for the surprise assault upon the Midianite camp. It is always God's faithful few who get the Lord's work done. Seldom do the masses of people serve him. Let us look further at Gideon and his 300 men as God's faithful few and see what we can glean about what God shows us in this story. God's faithful few are endowed with great assets. God's faithful few are endowed with a call from the Lord. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in chapter 6 verse 12 and said unto him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands. No one will do much in this world until he or she hears the voice of the Lord. Our service will be in proportion to our hearing of the voice of the Lord. And Jesus tried to show us that, didn't he? Remember when he would tell the disciples something or tell others something in the Gospels? He would say many times, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. He wants us to listen. Nothing can be done unless we are called. God has to call us to our work. If God does not call us to our work, then we're doing it on our own and we would attack with 32,000 men when in reality all God needed was 300. 
300 men. There was always the temptation to think of deliverance by one's own hand and to glorify oneself rather than God. To preclude this, God reduced the size of the army so the people would know He was the one who delivered the victory over the Midianites. God's faithful few are also endowed with faithfulness. The beautiful verse reads in verse 21 of chapter 7, And they stood every man in his place around about the camp. Consider the results we would have today if every Christian stood in his or her place. The crying need of the hour is faithfulness. Only those who trust implicitly stand steady and ready. We know that these men stood in their place ready to serve the Lord and not wavering, they found the victory. But they stood their ground. We should never let the world dictate the terms of where we stand in our Christian faith. We should always make it a point to listen for the word of the Lord and then to stand ready in faithfulness to what he has called us to do. For in this case, the shock and surprise and the siege of the entire camp by what appeared to be a vast army through panic in the Midianite host in wild disorder, they fought with one another as they attempted to flee from the scene. Can you imagine the chaos? A few lanterns, 300. A few trumpets, 300. And not one sword was lifted other than the Midianites against themselves. You see, the world will destroy itself. The world stays in a state of confusion and disarray apart from the good news of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. The world is the one that destroys itself. The Midianites destroyed themselves. And God provided the plan. God's faithful few were endowed with the confidence in the Lord's help. Gideon felt inadequate for the task of the angel that the angel of the Lord had assigned him to. He said, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 15 of chapter 6. Gideon asked the Lord to show him a sign or two. This the Lord did, and Gideon became convinced that the Lord would help him in routing the Midianites. See, that's another one of our problems in the church and in our personal lives, we have an inferiority complex when it comes to our relationship with God. You see, Gideon had one too, didn't he? He said, oh Lord, I'm poor. I'm the least in my family. I come from Manasseh. What could I do for you? It's not what we can do for God. It's what God can do through us that makes the difference. And once Gideon got a hold of that, it made all the difference. God's faithful few are endowed with humility. Humbleness before the Lord. Allow the Lord to win the victory for us. God's faithful few are endowed with obedience. They were told to follow Gideon's example and they did. They did exactly what Gideon said. It didn't make sense, did it? It sounded a little stupid. And yet when Gideon told them to do exactly as I do, they did it. Yesterday, Janet made banana bread. The 
bananas were the exact rightness. The moon and the stars aligned appropriately. Everything was as it should be. And so she made banana bread. She neatly wrapped her banana bread up in aluminum foil as only she can do like a Christmas present and dared me to open it. If you want a piece of banana bread, you ask me. Well, I'm 55 years old. Why do I want to ask her? So you know what I did? I opened it on my own. And the wrath came down. Because she had to take another 10-cent piece of aluminum foil and rewrap it. But you see, when we're not obedient, that's when we get in trouble, isn't it? And these men were obedient. God's faithful few are endowed with togetherness and unity. Gideon's men were as one man with one sword. This is the way to victory. It was so in the day of Gideon and it is so in our day as well. We must be one in our message to the world. Because God's faithful few render great service. God's faithful few render great service by undertaking the impossible. Who ever heard of a band of 300 men taking on an army of 120,000? Gideon and the 300 believed in undertaking the impossible. Some Christians would be shocked and surprised if anything out of the ordinary ever happened to them. They never take on the impossible task for their Lord. Their lives are usually corrupt and spiritually bankrupt because they are paralyzed like the Israelites who are hiding in the caves and in the dens. We can never accomplish great things for the Lord if we don't believe the Lord is great. God's faithful few render great service by holding fast to their convictions. We are not held by opinions, but by convictions. There is a difference. There were only 300 men, but they stood, as the scripture said, every man in his place, they were convicted. And they stood by their convictions. God's faithful few render great service by holding the trust committed to them. The task assigned to Gideon and his 300 men must be performed. The trust in them must not be violated, must not be profaned. They had to trust one another. And if we are to be what God would have us to be in the local church, we have to learn to trust one another. To trust one another to hear the call of God upon our lives. God's faithful few render great service by showing that God's work can be accomplished. Too often the faithless and unbelieving say, you're asking too much. It can't be done. But the faithful few teach us it can be done. I can see us now standing there saying, this will never work. Remember what they said in the report? They were lying in the field like locusts and their camels numbered more than the sand by the sea. And there were 300 men divided in hundreds taking on 120,000. God's faithful few teach marvelous lessons. 
God's faithful few teach us that the Lord is active in history. For seven long years, Israel cowered before the Midianites. For seven long years, Israel hid in caves and dens and strongholds. For seven long years, their possessions, their food, their land had been taken over by the Midianites. For seven long years, it appeared as if the Lord were dead. But he was not dead. He was at work in answering prayer. In Gideon and 300 men, God is active in history. You remember the Israelites in Egypt? When God finally came to deliver them after their captivity, He said, I have heard your cries by the reason of your taskmasters. Seven years was not a long time when you put it up against the 400 of captivity in Egypt. But it was long enough. For God to get his point across. You see sometimes we have to spend time in the desert. And in the caves of life. In order to understand what God is capable of doing through his people. God's faithful few teach us that success is not dependent on numbers. Would God use 32,000 or 10,000? No, He would use 300. We do not need to be anxious about counting heads when we are sure we are in God's will and busy about His work. We do not need to count numbers but need to learn how to make numbers count. God's people need not fear being in the minority. God is not dependent on numbers and neither is success. God is dependent on those who are faithful. God's faithful few teach us that it is is moral influence that counts for Him in this world. It is a tragedy when people turn away from God, His will, His way, and His work. God calls us to serve Him. God's faithful few teach us that He will use us when we are dedicated to Him. God used Gideon and he used the 300. He did not use 31,700. Why? Wasn't it because they were fearful, careless, indifferent, and selfish? Wasn't it because they were not dedicated? Wasn't it because they truly did not believe? There was a story of a man who had an experiment with fleas. You know about fleas. Fleas are wingless insects with mouth parts adapted for piercing skin and sucking blood, living in mammals and birds or dogs. He put some fleas in a jar with a covered top on it. Obviously, the fleas jumped and hit the top over and over again. Then as he watched them jump and hit the top, he noticed something interesting. The fleas continued to jump, but they were no longer jumping high enough to hit the top. Then he continues the experiment by taking off the cover of the bottle. He noticed that the fleas continued to jump, but they did not jump out of the jar even if there was no more cover. He repeated it, but it was the same thing. They won't jump out because they can't. His conclusion was simple. The fleas have conditioned themselves to jump just so high. Once they have conditioned themselves to jump so that high, that's all they can do. They give up and could not reach higher. Many times we do the same thing. We restrict ourselves and never reach our greatest potential, even if we are able. Just like the fleas, we fail to jump higher, fail to reach our dreams. We think that all we can do 
is just jump so high. And that's all there is in life. We don't know that God has a much greater and better plan ahead. Paul did, didn't he? He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you one of the faithful few the Lord is using today? How do you classify yourself? Will you become one of the faithful few and let Him accomplish His work through you? And here's my announcement. We are planning a trip to go back to Nicholsville in November. November 5th through 10th. And anyone who would like to go is invited to go. We inquired about it last week and the person who inquired was told by Jan on the other end that she really needed us in November because it's just before the holiday season and there's lots of work to be done in the food bank and Gate City and other things that we could be about doing. And when the person on this end asked her how many is too few, she said one is not too few. One person can make a difference. Isn't that our story? Overwhelming things to do in southwest Virginia and one can make a difference. I already have six signed up, maybe eight. If you're interested in going see me, see Faye, see Chip, we'll sign you up. I say that because isn't that what this story means? Go where you're needed. Go where you can be faithful to God's calling. Go when you're needed, not when you want to go. We wanted to go next summer. We weren't needed next summer. We're needed in November. Perhaps right now you have a midnight army to contend with in your own life. Perhaps you're in a battle at home or at work or in your personal life where you feel that the odds are overwhelmingly stocked against you and there's no way you can win the battle. If there's one thing we can learn from Gideon this morning, it is this. When we put all of our faith and trust in the Lord instead of ourselves, God gives us the victory. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for the power of this story. For in it we find faithfulness, courage, dependence upon you. May we all, Father, find our way to you in this way. Not looking to great numbers, but looking to one. One who can make a difference if we're willing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our invitation hymn is number 412. The Savior is waiting. The Savior waits on us to follow His will. It's up to us to decide when we would do so. We can't embark on any journey for the Lord unless we have given our lives to Him. So the invitation is always open to anyone who would give their life to Jesus Christ. He stands ready to forgive and may we say, put you to work.
whatever your desire. As we stand and sing hymn number 412, The Savior is Waiting. The verse in our prayer guide this morning is there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Please be in prayer for our church this month. You see a month of prayer from Mechanicsville Baptist Church. If you don't have the guide, it is on the um, website. But if you don't have one, I always bring one up with me. You can have this one if you don't have one. And we can get you one if you want one there in the office as well. But I hope you are praying for our church this month. Next Sunday, as we've already been said, it's a little different. Every Sunday school class from youth up will meet in the Family Life Center for Sunday school. If you come at 9.15, there'll be refreshments in the time of fellowship. Dwight is teaching the class. And then at 11 o'clock, we're having service over here. We had decided to do that, but there is even more incentive to do that now because uh, Luke Silva came forward this morning accepting Christ as his Savior and wants to be baptized next Sunday. So we're going to do that next Sunday as part of our service as well. So we look forward to that time. Uh, next week. Again, thank you for being here. If you're interested in going to Nicholsville, please call the office, let me know, uh, let Chip know, let Faye know. Uh, we uh, are going to get up a trip and go down there and stay um, for the week. And Pat, I've been trying to call you and catch up with you for a long time. You're in. I knew you would be. All I had to do was contact you. Anybody that went is in pretty much if they can go. But if you weren't, come on and go. Uh, let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave today, we do so recognizing that you are sovereign in our lives, that you've called us to be your children, and as your children, we are called to be faithful. 
As we leave today, keep us ever mindful of your faithfulness to us through your grace, through your mercy, and through your love. And as we depart, may we go in peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.